Okay, we are recording for Edge Dancer. Let's go ahead and get some room tone. Okay, and we are alive in three, two, Everybody, and welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, <laughs> Dylan, and the not just pause. any fantasy. I was feeling it too. It, was, it felt good. Uh, but not just any fantasy today, Dylan, because today we oh. are returning to uh, the world of Brandon Sanderson, the world of the Stormlight Archive, even. But it may not be what you think, you know, because... It's by exactly what you think, because <laughs> this episode has a title and you clicked it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if we just <laughs> said this was Edge Dancer for some reason and then <laughs> did a different Brandon Sanderson book in the Stormlight Archive? I don't know why we would do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. But don't worry, we did not. We, of course, are talking about the novella Edge Dancer today. Um, we're going to be talking about our friend Lyft. We're going to be talking about all the events that happen. Friend of the show. All the events that happen between the words of Radiance and Oathbringer. You know, we're, we're, we just released our words of Radiance episode not too long ago. I've been slowly chipping away at Oathbringer over the past couple weeks. Uh, but in the meanwhile, we did manage to squeeze out this short yet pleasant read of Edge Dancer. Mm, squeeze out. Kind of <laughs> gross. Kind of gross expression. But we did indeed do that, Charles. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one. It's my second read of Edge Dancer. Oh, or working our, yeah. I mean, I read through, up through Oath, Oathbringer. I always want to say Oathbreaker, but mm. read up through Oathbringer, still have to read Rhythm of War, but yeah, once we finish Oathbringer, I'll have reread all the Stormlight books up until Rhythm of War, and yeah, Edge Dancer, it's a, a nice little story, but because it's Brandon Sanderson, this one, it's still... I mean, I didn't check the page count, Charles. I, maybe you know it. It says 272 a, pages, 40,660 words. So I, I do think that page count seems high. It must be a little book in the physical, like the paperback or whatever. Right. I have it on, on Kindle, but it's... It's definitely an important book to read to kind of fill in Lyft's story. She'll mostly seem to come out of nowhere in the Stormlight Archive, besides that one interlude. This gives it a chance to get to know a character that is pretty controversial, actually, Ooh, in the Stormlight Archive. I don't know if you knew that, Charles. I did not. But, yeah. People have strong opinions on Lyft. A lot of people really d 
dislike Lyft for whatever reason. Hmm. I, I'm a fan, Charles. Well, and... we'll have to get into it before we get in, you know, before we get one of your famous, or after we have one of your famous spoiler warnings. But before we get into one of your famous spoiler warnings, I'll say I listened to the audiobook for this. I had a really long drive over um, Thanksgiving break and talk about books to take on vacation. I grabbed this one uh, uh. for mine on my drive, my like eight hour drive. I cranked this out in the first handful of hours. And um, I'll tell you, I if you're like me and you have a Audible subscription, and you look at Edge Dancer and you're like, do I want to spend my $14 and something credit on a $10 audiobook? <laughs> I, I felt kind of annoyed about that. But you can go to the Arcanum Unbounded and you can use that credit. And then there you get all the short stories in the Arcanum Unbounded. And Edge Dancer is the Very last clever. story in that. And that is over the $14 kind of threshold. So able to get some value out of it. Didn't read any of the other stories in Arcanum Unbounded yet. You know, I had to, I really felt the pressure to, to get started with Oathbringer. But um, I am looking forward to it. And now I have it. A bunch of Cosmere short, thick, short stories. Um, so looking forward to to getting through those but at least we have um oh and emperor soul is in there which i have read and is awesome ah, so definitely worth it just one. for that alone i mean that's a great great story so um and edge dancer was good but that's just my little hack in case you were listening <laughs> and uh, you wanted to go listen to this for yourself and ran into the same thing i did arcanum unbounded spend your credit on that instead of edge dancer and you'll thank me later Please thank Charles at Charles. Is it underscore MC on Twitter? On Twitter I think it's at underscore Charles. M dot C or dot. I don't know. Wow. It's, I, I don't know. Not making it easy on the listeners. Just thank me at Dylan R. Marsh <laughs> and I'll send it along to Charles who doesn't know his own Twitter handle. But <laughs> It was I hard think... to get, I remember. You know, there's a lot of Charles McLaughlin's out there and you have to try and mess with the name to get it right i don't know so anyway i'm all good i'm ready for the spoiler warning whenever you are sir right i do want to say charles you referenced how this was a good vacation read and i do want to send anyone who <laughs> wants to know other good vacation reads over to the episode that for some reason has been our top what episode. do you mean for some this reason month. that was a brilliant idea yes. had by me <laughs> can you yeah can you guess based on <laughs> these reactions which one of us came up with the idea <laughs> no it's i did say i did say it was a good idea when you said it well immediately when i come I'm up with it amazed, I, well, sometimes you come up with an idea and you just know that it's good and you have to do it and i was like yo top fantasy books to take on vacation is something we have to talk about before thanksgiving and yeah that episode popped off so if you it like is, yeah. you know there's still some vacations you to like be reading before you like vacations year, we got those winter breaks there's a lot of those so friendly reminder to check out what we recommend i don't know if i'd put edge dancer in there because it's a novella in the middle of a very long ongoing <laughs> fantasy series but it's like a vacation <laughs> from the main books of the stormlight archive which that's true as uh the people listening to this probably know because i imagine the majority of you have 
read the previous two Stormlight books, Mm -hmm. you do need a vacation sometimes from those, as Brandon Saracen would call them, Chihuahua killers. (laughs) Right. And this one, if you can kill a Chihuahua with Edge Dancer, that is, I mean, I don't want to say impressive, like you need you need some serious serious help yeah and and please seek it out yeah but it it would be a lot more difficult and it's not something you could do by accident no. in the way that you could just by dropping uh you know words of radiance exactly but anyway if you have read all of those books you've read way of kings you've read words of radiance and now you've read edge dancer you're in the right place because we're going to get into this with no holds barred. Yeah. Uh, we, w- we will be willing to spoil both those previous two books and Edge Dancer, but we won't spoil anything beyond Edge Dancer, mm-hmm. meaning won't spoil Oathbringer, and we haven't even read Rhythm of War. Right. So but Way of Kings, here. Words of Radiance, yeah. Edge Dancer... All fair game. We're not really going to talk about words right. of radiance. Oh, I didn't say my thing, Charles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we probably won't talk too much about it. So, I mean, now it's just, it doesn't really flow. But if you haven't yet read those books, now's a good time to do that. But otherwise, it's, uh, otherwise, jeez. I'm just not, I'm not on my game today, Charles. I don't know what's wrong well, with me. Well, it's longer than usual. We're down. deep into I know, the I know, for the I know. warning. So it's a bit uh, unusual. A bit off the rhythm. But turn it down yeah. in your headphones. There, there. Okay. Turn it. Now, yeah, now's the just time. Just do that. Because now we are in the spoiler zone. So tell me more about the lift controversy before we go any further. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that complex. You know, there are some of these controversies in fantasy, like the Denna controversy in the Kingkiller Chronicle. That oh yeah, it's a good I one. feel like has yeah that people flesh out their arguments very deeply and there's a really i guess you say like really high level conversation that goes on about denna and her as a character all stuff i feel like lift it's more that some people are just annoyed Mm. by her Mm -hmm. and other people are not annoyed by her and i i can see how she can be kind of annoying she's a different tone than just about all the other characters in the stormlight archive and she's kind of silly and between the interlude and then edge dancer it can feel like as a character she's mostly involved in these side quests so if you're impatient to get to the main story and what's going on there i see how people can be bothered by that but i actually think lift is funny and in a way that some of other sanderson's attempted funny characters are not (laughs) right at times because it's a totally different sense of humor we'll get into that more but yeah i i am pro lift and i'm not sure i truly understand the controversy besides yeah so she annoys people gets on their nerves i could see how you could find lift annoying but i think that's part of her character and i actually like her she she brings a totally different perspective to the use of magic in the stormlight archive I mean, she calls it her awesomeness she she's got a bit more selfish simple motivations than most of the other characters that have magic 
and it's a different perspective and I, and I like that and there are times where she is actually funny like I like her quirks where she her biggest victory is eating someone else's food like I think that <laughs> that works really well um <laughs> I find that great and it's something that prevails kind of f- from the um words of radiance into edge dancer which I really liked you know she's got to try all 10 different kinds of pancake right so that was kind mm-hmm. of a funny um a funny arc in this story and um i don't know the fact that she's younger too and it's it's one of those stories i know sanderson purposefully wrote her to be kind of this different voice different character different kind of character to stick out in your more traditional like you've got knights and kings and and emperors and warriors he he wanted to have that different unique voice in there and and i think the more he wrote lift the more he was having fun and i see a lot of the stormlight archive being sanderson just kind of having a no holds barred moment himself and just like letting himself run wild like this is his series to write whatever he wants and i think as he started to write lift he kept it going and I don't know if your version of Edge Dancer had this, but mine had like an afterwards from Brandon Sanderson. He's like, it was only supposed to be like a, a short little thing. And then it went over 200 pages. But yeah. oh, well, that can happen if you're me. And I was like, OK, That's, Sanderson. Is like <laughs> exactly how he phrased it, too. <laughs> I was like, it's oh, like, OK, that happens sometimes, especially if you're me. Right. And, <laughs> It definitely does happen to Brandon Sanderson. He's one of the few fantasy authors out there whose problem is that he writes more than he set out to. Well, I I don't know. Maybe that's not true. There's a lot of authors who feel like their initial drafts are too long or whatever. But I guess with Sanderson, it's about the productivity that he's actually getting all these books out there and many of which stay quite long as well in the long run so yeah it seemed like the events of this story easily could have been a short story but in the hands of our man brando (laughs) sando it found its way to forty thousand plus words right right i mean you could buy a romance novel at the drugstore that's about forty thousand words and that's someone's whole book and yet here we are this is a short little blip in between books in the stormlight archives you know it's light reading it i wonder what like the Hobbit, the word count of the Hobbit is, you know, it's probably around mm. there. Let's see, I'm googling it right question. now. Oh, it's ninety five thousand words, so it's actually twice as yeah. long. But, oops. Uh, so be well, it. Maybe Fellowship of the Ring. Let's see that. Just out of curiosity. Oh, 187,000 words. Okay, I'm totally wrong. It's I mean, that's short. a long Fellowship of the Ring. Is a, that's a serious book. I mean, it's not, but. When you compare it to these massive books that are coming out lately, it, it's short. But um, sure, it's not you know it's not rhythm of war, but it is yeah it's a substantial fantasy book. But either way, Charles, yes, this book got pretty long. I I mean it does it raises the question: Should this book have been a short story? And hmm. we can get into that is it too long i know for many of brandon sanderson's fans out there there's no such thing as too long but yeah we read we read a decent amount of books over here charles Mm -hmm. so you can usually get a sense of 
of a length that at least fits for our tastes. What do you think? Well, far be it for me to say that San- Sanderson like could write shorter. It's just not his style. I, to me, of all of the like, when we read Emperor's Soul, for example, I think that was about this long, maybe a little shorter. Um, that to me had the strengths of a that felt more like a novella it was like here's the premise there's a set timeline it happens go this one felt a little bit more open than that partially because it's plugged into the stormlight archive which is larger than life already um i don't know my thing about it is i guess sanderson set a bit high bar in my head in terms of like what i was expecting from the story i was like i want the sander lanch i want the twist i want the reveal and the end of this where it's Mm. like she hugs the guy and the guy changes his mind it's i'm like oh fine like it's good but i was expecting to be like whoa i could have never seen that coming that was so exciting and it had some of that but my expectations i think were too high going into this so i left kind of being like okay like it's a fun 300 page exercise i guess he wrote but you know seemed like a lot of work (laughs) for the story that we got you know but if he's having fun Mm. great you know fine and and lift is is fun to see her exist in a world where there's all these super serious people swearing oaths and things like that like she's still a part of it but she's got this childlike whimsy about her that in the face of these very serious things makes them feel a little less serious so i i do like that but at the end of the day it does feel like a a a bridging the gap between two books more than it feels like a strong short story that had to be told that now i see lift in a whole new perspective and like don't miss this i'd be like look you read the interlude like Depending on your feelings on that, this is something that could be kind of skipped. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I, this is not a must read for me, but it is here. It is got a very definitive spot between two books. So, um, yeah, it was just a, it was just it delivered, but it wasn't anything crazy for me. Yeah, well, depending on how plugged in on certain. I guess, secondary or tertiary aspects of Mm -hmm. the Stormlight Archive you are, there are probably two things that would be potentially jarring if you did not read this. One is just lift in general, coming Mm -hmm. out of nowhere as, I guess, beefed up as she is, not physically but in terms of her powers she's right. pretty far along and all the other characters she swears that are her that oath far along, in this we've... in this book in this story so yes that's quite an event yes. to happen off screen and her was her second oath i think or right listen Either to way. those who have been ignored the third ideal of the edge dancers <laughs> third third okay so that's a that's a lot for coming in and then being a much bigger character all of a sudden. So that could be jarring, depending. And the other one is Nail, the Herald, who we know has been going around killing off Radiance. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Charles, I know you don't like the 
climax of your epic fantasy to be a hug, but... <laughs> I mean, but I'm okay with the ending his, being a hug. I, I was just expecting the Sander Lanch, you know? Right. And his turn toward at least not killing Radiance and who knows, potentially even trying to help in some way, that might also be jarring but i just think that there's so much going on in the stormlight archive and of course our copper mind super fans out there know everything know way more than us about all of this and mm-hmm. they probably care a lot about oh, sure. those changes that took place there's also plenty of more I guess, laid back uh, styles of reading the Starlight Archive where they might not even notice those changes at all Mm. or really care either way. They're kind of just sitting back and taking in what's happening. So I think you feel out the kind of, in terms of the question, is this a must read for fans of Starlight Archive? And I actually got asked that question by a friend uh, maybe six months ago or something mm. and i i think i basically said you can get by without it but it's pretty enjoyable in itself and yeah. it can be worth reading and there are a couple things that happen but yeah it's did it have to be a 40 plus thousand word novella over a short story I think you could have gotten across the main things through a short story. But if you like Lyft, then why, yeah, not? why not? It is fun. There's and a lot of you good gotta moments. Give, like, Brandon Sanderson is one of those rare authors in the game. It's why he's one of the goats. It's because at the end of the day, when you become a fan of a fantasy series, especially an epic fantasy series, there's very few authors willing to kind of give you more context give you more content fill in gaps consider every character with as much seriousness as sanderson has he's willing to bridge the gap between two books with a novella to offer more of that insight not only to one write a character that he personally really likes and for me i always like to see authors kind of indulge themselves a little bit in the things that they like but two That for those fans you're describing, Dylan, that are fans of either certain characters or are tracking the more, like, intricate details of this world, they get that payoff. Nothing is left kind of as this gap of like, oh, yeah, you know, Nail, he just kind of forgot to hunt Radiance. It's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was convinced to stop when facing the truth. Like, Lyft kind of showed him the light a little bit, or I guess the, <laughs> not really the light, it was that dark storm, right? So it's like, it was just so, it's the opposite of that. Um, the Everstorm. The Everstorm. Yeah, it's... And so there you go. Um, and it's, it's the fact that it exists only increases the, kind of, not the mythos, but like the, the the grandiosity of the Stormlight Archive, right? The whole point of this series is to be huge, sprawling, deep lore, and Sanderson is feeding that in a consistent and reliable way to his fans, and you gotta have massive respect for that. And and this book delivers on that, and it 
and you know Sanderson's attention to the reading experience is, is unparalleled in, in, in the terms of like fantasy epic fantasy unparalleled so gotta give him respect for that gotta put the gotta put respect on the name Sanderson oh, sure. as always I do appreciate the shade thrown at Benioff and Weiss over there, Charles. <laughs> you caught <laughs> Nail that, just huh? kind of forgot. Oh, <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine if he was like, Nailed. so do I write this novella? Nah, we'll just say Nail kind of forgot. <laughs> yeah, Nail kind of forgot that he was... Oh, Dude, we should make that meme and <laughs> throw it out there. <laughs> no, I, it'll, it'll be very niche, for but it'll be funny. <laughs> If you know Edge Dancer didn't exist. So Nail just kind of forgot to hunt Radiance. <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, mean, you never know. These Sander... There's a whole Reddit. There's a subreddit. Well, the Cosmere's called. huge. No, not just that. There's Krem posting. Like, R Krem posting. And I do believe it's it's like... I On our family-friendly show, I can't say what... I hear you. Know, you the four-letter word that starts you know. with this. Yeah, crap posting, <laughs> if you will. And poop posting. Poop posting. <laughs> which is probably what Sanderson would say anyway. <laughs> right. Oh, another so, thing you yeah, wouldn't know there's... if you didn't read this book would be what the tenth pancake is. Now that is a very important detail that I was tracking with much interest in that uh, it doesn't actually exist. It's more of an idea. It's more of an idea. And I was like, okay, yeah. showing up for that. That was an exciting Sander Lynch moment. Was that? <laughs> there yeah, is was no 10th pancake. you were looking for? <laughs> the 10th pancake no. is in our minds and in our hearts. It, it's a way of life. So that's another thing you, you need to get from this book. You also get the relationship with her spren Windle, which like I you like see that. in this more than anywhere else that Windle's kind of like, in terms of personality, almost like a counterpoint to lift. Where Wendell's mm-hmm. more like, oh, we should be going to this place and doing this thing. And like, we got to be doing this. And she's like, no, I'm going to go eat some pancakes. And it's like, you know, like that's the dynamic that they have. And it's like, but aren't you like a radiant? And it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to eat yeah. food. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. I like their relationship. Wendell is playing what they call in the storytelling biz a foil. Mm-hmm. to lift and i it's it's just i don't know cute how lift reacts to to window i love how she calls him a void bringer <laughs> i think that's actually really funny right. like i'm not a void breaker i was a gardener like, <laughs> yeah, he was a gardener right <laughs> <laughs> hey what do you he like garden like chairs or something like that so something so i forget like but he was there. like i had the best system a cute little garden you know like that was his yeah yeah this humble garden before being thrust into <laughs> adventures with lift which uh probably more unique than any other Yes, he collected souls of chairs and grew them into crystals, Ooh, apparently. Nice. And he, and he, I love how he's so reluctantly attached to Lyft and he talks about the other options mm-hmm. that they were considering. He was like, oh, yeah, there was this really nice man, like a cobbler. That, oh, which was a call out from considered, Words yeah. of Radiance. That's right. Right. Yeah. And. 
you know, rest in peace, right? Rest Nail in- took care of that guy. Yeah. So he was a good guy. Yeah, it's though. too bad. He was making when- shoes for shoeless children. <laughs> yeah, nice guy. But instead, Wendell gets stuck with Lift, who definitely has <laughs> has a lot of motives that do not make sense to him and stray from the typical Radiance path. But she's an interesting, I guess, balance between her silliness and actually caring a lot. A lot of times the surface level goals, they're really, what's what's the word for this? Um, they're ostensible in nature, mm-hmm. meaning that they, you know, they're seemingly, but they're not actually the goals. The goals are more serious and there's a reason that she just so happened to end up in the same city as the person that she call or the herald that she calls darkness and and so happens to be nail it's it's not just for the pancakes that she ends up there (laughs) that's true you know like we've kind of said already she kind of serves as this different perspective on the idea of like being noble or being selfish or swearing oaths it's like she'll do those things but she's not like Dalinar or Kaladin where it's like I must do my duty I must do what's right I must save the country and the continent and the government like she doesn't care about any of those things but she still has this noble sense of duty in her own way and she and you can be a little selfish in doing that. You can have fun. You can like steal people's food off of their plate and and still like have swear these oaths and like be a serious player in this world. Like it's not all like duty, honor, selflessness. Right. Like she's bringing and she's bringing some whimsy into it too. Like Dalinar is not mm. gonna like be silly ever like he's lived in Kaladin either like Erlo Kaladin does come out of his shell a little bit after you know meeting with Shallan but um right like Lyft takes it to but a they're completely both different very level. self-serious people yes they, they take themselves so seriously and one could say more yeah. traditional in an epic fantasy story as well like fit more into that mm-hmm. mold of like the knight with the duty and honor <laughs> and then you have Lyft the 10 13 year old child so it's a it's a balance definitely a balance and an interesting counterpoint to those characters like you said sanderson seems like he's having a lot of fun when he's writing lift and that helps her jump off the page in a way that you know not not every character is going to so I think a huge part is the humor, like we are mentioning before. I, I said I do find Lyft funny mm-hmm. and funny in ways that I, you know, really the shots I'm firing when I say other supposedly funny characters, I'm, I'm firing them, I'm sorry, at Shallan. I do like Shallan as a character. Shoot some at wit too, but <laughs> he deserves some. <laughs> he can have a couple. Of I was shots. thinking of wit too. I'm like that guy's telling a joke every time he speaks, and it's hardly funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I think we just get a lot more Shalon jokes. I think here's the thing. It's two very different kinds of humor that we're getting. There's the Shalon and Wit style where everyone's like, oh, you're so clever. And I just don't think that, for lack of a better way of putting it, wittiness is sanderson's specialty when it comes Hmm. to humor or or really writing in general those clever quips i don't know Hmm. i do think he does a better job with this sort of silly humor that we get from lyft and i i don't know it just feels like he's trying way less hard and having fun when he's writing, he's like, oh, yeah, she's calling him a void bringer. And yes, he's yes. all upset because he's stuck with someone that like does not align at all with his goals. And she wants to eat people's food mm-hmm. and those kind of moments. I think they're, in they're some weird way, silly, her and... character just clicks for those kind of things, too. It's like, yeah, in some ways, she's almost more fleshed out than a character like wit almost right and i know that's crazy to say what the the page count and like and wit is obviously more complex when you is, take into account the larger stormlight archive but, or not the larger cosmere and his role in it but if right. we're just taking the stormlight archive right so but to say i make that extreme to say that lift her character is bound one she's much younger so her perspective on things that are considered serious you know like oh kids say the darnest things because they have that kind of Mm -hmm. unique youthful perspective to things like she brings that to the table the fact that her magic use like makes her starving all the time she needs to eat to be able to continue to (laughs) use her awesomeness as she calls it it's like these are things that are just naturally funny but are built into the character as opposed to people like wit and shalon who are witty on top and there's nothing necessarily about what they who they are what they do shalon would be the most unfunny person on the planet the amount of trauma that she's gone through (laughs) and like so the fact that it's her her education and her and her total 180 against like anything but thinking about what happened to me that makes her like that which is good, but I think Lyft, it's even more built into just the way her character is set up that makes it kind of spring to life a little bit more, like, naturally and makes even the situation she's in funny more than anything that she says or tries to say, you know? Like, that's the, the piece of it. When people are like, what, where, where's my food? You know, it's like, oh. Lift ate it you know that, that's like that kind of thing it's like why are you going here well because i heard they had you know good pancakes i want to try all 10 it's like something like the motivations are there too so all in all i i think that's kind of what helps and i think that's what sanderson realized early on with lift was like i created like a a character that there's really a lot more to work with than i initially intended and you just kind of just for lack of a to, to play with words, feed that character and support her and mm. and uh, and watch her kind of grow. Or is she not growing? That's another thing that they kind of teased. Cultivate, nice, like chairs into crystals. Um, yes. But another thing that they kind of, as we learn more about Lyft, we we learn that her age is kind of called into question. Mm-hmm. It's like she argues that she's still ten, but if you were to kind of do the math she would be 13 
but she also uses magic that leaves her kind of emaciated. So there's like this mystery that we're not supposed to figure out, but there is something to it. You know, they, they tease that a lot in this story. And I don't have any good theories other than my assumption is that because she's burning food Isn't so it? much, she's emaciated. I think it is. Oh. Yeah, well, I won't say anything then. I It's not revealed in here then. So, ooh. Uh, I guess I'm. I'll just say I know, but you know, I don't remember. Yeah, I know because I, don't I think even in the postscript, it's like if it's Lip still thinks in... she's ten years old, even though she has lived for thirteen years. This is more than just a joke, but that's all it says. So I think anything else might be coming from future books. But you're told in this okay. one to like have your radar up and to be thinking about what is happening gotcha. and, and to be suspicious. And I honestly don't know. I don't think <laughs> unless my reading retention dropped off as we go into, uh, as we go into um, Oathbringer, which is certainly possible, but I try to listen very carefully for the sake of the it's show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a lot to follow in, in all these books for sure. Mm. Uh, I'll also say I like the, there's also a physical comedy Yes. to lift mm-hmm. the she fits well with this like she's just slippery <laughs> some people can't get a hold on her so she's just like this silly person this right. silly little girl just like flying all over the place and people are trying to grab onto her and she just slips right. away and no one expects and... it from her either they think she's like a dirty like you know orphan yeah. child and then meanwhile she knows the emperor and she can like lose all friction right. in her body and <laughs> she's strong you know like all these things yeah and i like what you were saying earlier about shalon it's like we have to jump through all of these hoops and go through this dog and pony show <laughs> to get to a place where like and this is why shalon makes all these jokes and it's all about her trauma and how she's trying to overcome it and a part of that is what makes a character interesting mm-hmm. is all that depth but sometimes it it feels contrived or forced when she's trying so hard to be clever maybe that's part of the point is mm-hmm. it would be contrived and forced if you're shallan but i do get the sense that we're supposed to laugh when shallan is making her clever quips because right. all the other characters are telling us when that she's we asking how do you poop we're supposed to be like now that's funny that is humor (laughs) and i don't know just not quite there but lift it just feels genuine it's just who the character is and you don't have to go through any of those hoops to justify why it all makes sense and just fits right I do like that, and for an author who, Sanderson, obviously one of my favorite authors, Mm -hmm. but for me, and and I think you too, Charles, maybe his biggest weakness as a writer is humor. It's up there. I do think, like... I don't know what else it would be. I think, like, dialogue and and especially around humor and and, and cleverness, Um, even, like, romance... I feel like all oh, of romance that is not strength either. Is, yeah. is like the strength is in telling the action, plotting the story, keeping it fulfilling mm-hmm. to the reader, like coming up with these imaginative worlds and magic systems. And even characters are very imaginative and cool, also. 
but when you get down to like okay now they're in the room and talking to each other what do they say that's the tough part i think sometimes with the stormlight archive in particular it's it's these characters need, are talking to each other a lot. And when they're like trying to be like having this will they won't they romance in a cave, you're like, hey, kind of. Or when they're going on a date, it's like, mm, mm, let's talk about poop. It's, it's like, okay. Like, <laughs> like we're trying, we're doing it. It's, it's just like, you know, you have, if you have to find something to nitpick at best selling fantasy author. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson, that's where we go, and we say that pretty much every time we talk about him. But um, yeah, I would I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. So for a book to be primarily not those things that yeah, you described as Sanderson's strengths, this book is much better than you might have projected. Oh yeah, and I. Th- Right, because it's not, there's some world building or whatever going on here. Obviously, we're getting to see a different part of the world. And there's obviously some magic system related stuff going on. But this is kind of a story about just a girl who's funny trying to get pancakes and also running into it's true this book does excel at a lot of what we consider sanderson's weaknesses i say that with air quotes because he's amazing author so it's like where normally he trips up in this he largely excels and i think that's because Mm -hmm. someone like sanderson is so has writing down to a science and he has very often shared and I, and I watched one of his recordings um when he was teaching at byu and he's like oh you have your mm-hmm. characters have opposites so you have like shallan who's a scholar but also naive and you have dalinar who's super noble and authoritarian but also has a super violent past he's like have those dualities and they can almost be kind of calculated sometimes and i think he almost like fell into this thing with lift of like here's someone that came alive a little bit like here's someone that is kind of writing themselves in a certain way. And I can take this further than I initially thought. And wow, this is actually kind of fun. And wow, we can like have these moments and we can kind of cut loose a little bit and and like do something not typical of an epic fantasy series with knights and kings and stuff. It's like we can do something different. And I think there was some almost like creative like liberation happening here this poetic license taking off in this short story that as someone reading through the stormlight archive this was like a rare kind of like you can tell an author's doing something and enjoying it and that is a pleasure to read in itself so that was kind of this that's if anything that's like the unique historical significance to me of edutainment like oh here's brendan sanderson having an unusual amount of fun with an unusually fun character for this short period of time i mean all the characters are fun and stuff but you know what i mean when i'm like this is an interesting little blip that never intended to happen and just came through the inspiration of the moment of writing this character and that's kind of fun for sure. The duality here comes more from how she's a misfit in her role. Right. That this idea of what a Radiant is supposed to be is this honorable person taking all these oaths and right. who's so duty-bound. And it's more that she doesn't really fit into that where you have people like Dalinar and say what you want about was past my been like or uh, Kaladin. But they the role of Radiant fits those two like 
like a glove. Yes, in the very traditional sense. Yes. And then you have Lyft, where she's one of the characters that seems most, I guess, comfortable in her own skin, just as a person. And at the same time, has to take on this very serious role. Right. And... That it's different than the usual duality right. that we get, which is someone <laughs> that opens up know, to like, a lot of fun satire kind of stuff, and like, right. like you said, the, just the physical comedy of it too. Right, it's like Chevy Chase out there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a real Chevy, Chase. a real um. Oh God, what was his face from Tommy Boy? Um, where he's like, oh my freaking oh, God. God, and he's big. Um, the um, yeah, the one who passed away. Yeah, the one who um, passed away. What? Farley? Chris, yes, Chris that? Farley. Chris yeah, Farley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. More like a Chris Farley to me. I, I'm picturing like yeah. a 13 year old Chris Farley, like just running around the world of Stormlight Archive. <laughs> a little different. Uh, a little different build as well. But yes, well, I, I do see like the the silliness in the. <laughs> In the comparison. <laughs> yeah, and like we said, so different from what we're used to with Sanderson. And with Sanderson's female characters, I feel like, who uh, a lot of them, we've read enough Sanderson books at this point to be very used to this Shallan-type character mm-hmm. as the the younger female characters. Obviously, Lyft is even younger than that. Mm-hmm. Like Sanderson's written a lot of these teenage characters and lift is she a teenager is she not that's maybe up for debate right but she walks that line which is kind of interesting she yeah and obviously there's the bit that you're referencing that i guess i i can't say what's going on exactly but she's lived for 13 years she thinks she's 10 years old and there's more to that than just her she says it's because she can't she can't be older than the how high she can count, right? She <laughs> right, can right. only use her ten fingers to count. But anyway, we're used to the Shalon style character. There's one in Elantris. There's one in Warbreaker, who are from that same mold as Shalon. So it's great to see Sanderson writing a young female character that's a totally different feel and is funny in a totally different way. So Edge Dancer, yeah. I mean, even the more I talk about it, it's it's one of those things, right? You talk about more, and you're like, I think I really did like this a lot. I right. really do like Lift a lot. As a right, character. I am kind of talking myself into it sign. more than when I started. I'm definitely yeah. feeling better about it. But I, I think that just speaks to Sanderson's talent. I mean, the story itself is interesting. Like, we haven't talked about Stump at all, who's this cranky old... Uh, Mm. orphanage runner and she's like all these mentally ill children are tricking me <laughs> like, <laughs> right. is a and weird take to have yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean, that was a fun twist yeah yeah i didn't see that one coming but she also like because she's around kids so much she's almost like the perfect person to kind of thwart lift you know you have all of these evil super powerful people and stump before we know that she has these powers right she's like i just know you're a tricky kid that wants food and i know how to thwart that because i know how to deal with 
10-year-olds and this more of like this daycare leader, orphanage leader person is thwarting her, you know, as her nemesis for a while. It's kind of fun <laughs> and they're trying to negotiate on like how much food she can have and how long she can stay and where she can stay and this and that. It, it's um, It's fun. And then her reveal that she's actually healing these kids and that's why she feels like she's being scammed but yeah. she's really not right she's and the stormlight is leaving all the coins right right it's, i think that yeah there's there's almost these like i don't know if that i wouldn't call that one an easter egg but there's an easter egg with uh there's like the guy who is asking her all those philosophical questions and the one that she thinks is the is the radiant that they're going after and then she finds him and he's like this monstrous creature Kremlin. there's no the the body he made was made of guy who's one of the like yeah the one of the sleepless is Mm. what they're called and that's shrouded in mystery and it's a really weird kind of creepy moment that i didn't expect from this book it totally is a different tone and it doesn't really end up being consequential right in any way yeah the character just kind of pops up and exits yeah you thought it's gonna be basically the the way the book ends and pretty similar to how it does end up ending where she goes back and she saves the person who's going to be a radiant and you just think it is this older man but totally goes the other way and it's it's an interesting moment i <laughs> the guy's basically like oh yeah i'm just like really intrigued by you lift and we don't know what that's about but it's it is part of the imaginative world building that you described as well sanderson's strength and it does build into the the mystery around this world and the Cosmere in general. So we'll have to see what becomes of that. We'll have to see Oathbringers right around the corner. I will say, though, we are at episode 199 with Edge Dancer. I feel like it's kind of this this kind of calm before the next big thing for us, <laughs> too, because you know episode 200 is going to be something. But an appropriate... Um, subject for an appropriate episode number and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes I think what we ended up with with this story was you know we tied up a few loose ends to carry us into Oathbringer and we got to have a little fun with Lyft along the way and you know kudos to Sanderson for using a novella to do that you know so (laughs) it's uh, more than any fan could have asked for and uh, we're all happier for it and that's why he's the GOAT is he the goat, Charles? You declaring him the goat? He's in the past. He's on the Mount in the Rushmore. Past, like he's on five the Mount years, Rushmore. maybe, but um, all time he's up. I there. think you might go Tolkien if you were asked <laughs> the to name the goat. But I don't know. I'm not really interested in right. in naming no one fantasy one author the greatest sure. of all time. But, but he's, he's Sanderson, angry. you got to put him on the Mount Rushmore, yeah. and. He has definitely earned his spot there, and he he's pretty much at, 
at least with sales numbers and productivity and all those kind of things. And relevance. He's basically and sitting being atop the game. Relevance. And, yeah. Sure. The guy and, this year, two years ago, had number one Kickstarter of all time. Hasn't even had a single TV show or movie yet. And he's like killing uh, it out It's there. on the way, though. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, that Mistborn movie has to come eventually because it <laughs> something's know, gotta it just come is so deserving know, it's weird you see these adaptations of things that are way less popular and in my opinion lend themselves way less well for mm-hmm. lack of a better way of phrasing that well. <laughs> to yeah not as well to the screen then do sand i feel like sanderson's books led yeah. them like he, house of the dragon like i so get well it the- like it's more game of thrones but that story like come on no one was reading that really and it turned out to be a fantastic show and everything and rightfully so no surprise there but come brandon sanderson the number one in the game today like yeah constantly putting out material and i mean you see all these you see Shadow and Bone, you, you see, and I'm, these are all very popular things, right? But mm. Shadow and Bone, you do see The Witcher, you do see, uh, I mean, The Magicians got adapted, which maybe didn't need to happen based on our experience of watching a little bit. We love the books, but yeah, it didn't really, the show didn't really do it for us, but, and plenty of more adapt play more adapted books that I just wouldn't have seen as making sense as TV shows or movies to the extent that a Sanderson book does. But anyway, he sold I don't the movie, think it'll be right? etched They're bouncing around. Yeah. I just think, you know, you <laughs> got to find the right partnership and we'll wait patiently for that. Yeah. And uh, we've got it's plenty to read until then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's another conversation. It certainly won't be Edge Dancer that we see first. I feel pretty confident. <laughs> that would in that. be a left field pick for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope that this episode didn't feel like a left field pick for you. Mm-hmm. Or if it was, then you I enjoyed mean, it. You're the and... one that chose to listen to an Edge Dancer episode, so don't put that on us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You... Take that, listener. Yeah. You clicked it. We titled <laughs> it. Yeah. Go at the listener there, so, Charles. Tell go me that this didn't them. meet the expectations of the title. You tell me that, and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if I they feel like they know what they're getting like, into when they deep click like lore Edge Dancer book discussion. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this will be our most popular episode. Uh, but ever. let's see some but, support for Lyft. I'm ready. Yeah. Give Lyft some love. And let's lift those download numbers. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know the episode needs to end. Is yes. Once the puns and those kind of bad jokes shilling for downloads if if shalon yeah shilling for downloads (laughs) if shalon although we started this episode with some shilling if shalon is saying one of those jokes though if she was like let's lift those download numbers up then everyone around her would be like shalon you are just so so clever so storming clever yeah how did you come up with that (laughs) i mean 
I just have never met anyone so clever <laughs> as you, Shalon. And <laughs> right, it, it would it, she, she, we'd love her more for it, you know? Do we? <laughs> sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> well, let's hurry this up before our Edge Dancer episode becomes an hour long. We certainly don't want that to happen. No, we won't allow that to happen. So, what do you Charles. say we play some? We get some sweet, sweet outro music pumping. Let's get that sweet, sweet outro music pumping, Charles. All right, let's do it. Thank you all so much for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. This has been your host, Charles and Dylan. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and check us out over on social media. That's at the FTF Podcast on Instagram and the FTF Podcast with the number one on the end for Twitter. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they already follow us on social media and they want to support the show even further, what can they do toss five stars to our podcast and you can do that on spotify that's just two clicks at the top of our feed to make that happen and it makes such a difference for us when you do you can also do it on apple Podcasts, where you can leave a review as well uh if you are listening on audible apparently i don't think we get a ton of audible downloads but no but we're there you can write reviews on there as well so if you do that we'll we'll find it yes i mean down I mean, ratings and reviews for us are like pancakes to lift. It's a big deal, and uh, we can't get enough. It's our yeah, money. That is true. <laughs> it's our currency. You can't get it. <laughs> Except we don't make any money off of this show. We bring yeah. it to you for free. It's demonetized. So if you do want to give back, then giving a rating is a wonderful way to do that. Mm-hmm. But just listening... Yes is more than enough more than staying enough. tuned now we're 199 in woo, woo, woo. that's the love of the game right there 199 you episodes you just do 199 $0. that's how we do it <laughs> True. purely for the love of the game purely for getting to talk fantasy with our lifelong friends and you guys as well so thank you all so so much for listening that's already more than enough and as always guys go forth and conquer friends Oh, Charles, you're so clever. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) I want to end with that. (laughs) How do you poop, Dylan?